G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today buddy? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks for coming along, you know, uh, appreciate you uh, pitching up. And I was available last <laughs> yeah, week, you were the one that was sick. I know, I, I, I couldn't get into the studio on Monday so I uh, had to do the solo podcast on Tuesday due to other... Uh, uh, no, I, I do have a job, so... Yeah, you do have a job. <laughs> so, unfortunately, you couldn't be there last week. No. Did you get a chance to listen to the podcast at all? I listened to the mailbag this morning, Loved but it. I didn't get a chance to do the main pod, so... Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot to it, and what we want to do is... Because, I mean, there's just so much to talk about this week. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff from the Western Derby yesterday, and we'll get into that a little bit later. We will. But just from a fantasy point of view, wow, first week of finals, you know, you're either ecstatic today or you're heartbroken and... Ugh, it's, how yeah. are you feeling today? Um, I actually haven't even had a chance to check the leagues that I was in finals, so I have no idea. I know that you're not doing well in the leagues that you're in finals. <laughs> I know that for a fact. We're in most of the we same are in the same leagues, and you haven't done well, unfortunately, my that friend. That may have factored into my not checking yet, but <laughs> I also legitimately haven't had a chance to even look. You've so. gotten close to the end of the season, and you've just gotten fa- a little bit of a... Um, fantasy fatigue, basically. You are. Uh... Oh no, no, I'm just a busy man. <laughs> you are all right, You're busy man. All just right. a busy man. <laughs> all right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to jump straight into this round's action because there's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of fantasy relevant things. So, first game of the weekend was Richmond versus Geelong. I mean, good game. It was a game full of like a round full of crackers. Actually, actually this... the first half of this round was probably the best football I've seen. This year, yeah, it's it so was many absolutely incredible. This was one of them. It was three points in it at the end. Geelong almost won the game. Gary Ablett just had a kick for goal, sail wide to the right, which was unfortunate. Yeah. But I mean, the fantasy scoring was fantastic in this game. Just on the Richmond side of the ledger, there's actually scores there this week. Is that that is four people over a hundred? Four people over a hundred, and another in the nineties for Richmond. Fantasy relevant players. Well, fantasy re- they're the only fantasy relevant players from Richmond. Um, Kane Lambert bounced back with one hundred and twenty this week, and again he's been solid this year, but his average has dipped somewhat. So he was before this week he was actually teetering just below eighty. Uh, there was a stage when he was looking like being one of the best forwards uh, for fantasy this year. Yeah, he tends to play in patches. He like, does. He'll have a good month, then he'll have a quiet few weeks, he'll have another good few weeks. So he sort of like, you've got to jump on board playing him during those good patches and then shifting back to your bench when he goes cold. A little bit of luck. Uh, Dusty Martin with 114 was fantastic. Again, wish you could have done this a little bit earlier in the season, mate, but okay. Uh, we uh, move on to Nank. I mean, Nank's been Actually, secretly fantastic for draft owners this year. He's, He's a good player. Yeah, been incredibly solid as a ruckman. You would have picked him up reasonably late as well. Uh, in terms of oh, where a lot of rucks in terms would have of gone. rucks, because um, yeah, there's always that run on the first few rucks. And yeah, and then the rest of them sit there for ages before yeah. they get picked up. But I reckon he's probably in that. I want to say second, maybe third. Yeah, echelon. he'd be in the second echelon, basically. So yeah. up there with like Sam Jacobs, probably, and yeah. uh, maybe when Nick Nat would have gone at the start of the season yeah, as Wits, well. Yeah, basically sort of everyone except for you know uh, Grundy, Gorn, and Martin, uh, who were in the first bracket, and then Goldie probably is slightly in between yeah, the brackets as well. Bit of a weird case. Uh, Trent Cochin, 105. That was a good score for draft owners who've been really yes. crying out for something. Uh, he was pretty quiet the week before. Oh, he's he? been quiet all season. He's been only average. He's <laughs> actually averaging 83 going into last really? week. So he was, you know, this will have bumped up his average a little bit, but mm. he really hasn't done much in terms of fantasy this year, unfortunately, for owners. Um, will be cheap next year, though. 
If he can get a bit more of a fantasy friendly role next year, maybe. Would you go? Could there, be a, no, God no, God no. <laughs> <laughs> he, Me neither. No. Is that sort of player that you think should be fantasy relevant? Like you, he's a better player than he is a fantasy player. Mm, yeah, he's a really good player, but his fantasy game is just up and down too much. It's just not there. Uh, and Josh Caddy with a much more solid score. Draft owners would have been ecstatic with that as well. Uh, it drops off after that. So uh, after Josh Caddy's 93, you know, you go all the way down to Sam Lloyd's 79. So that's a big drop. Pretty yeah. much everyone after that just, yeah, they they didn't have a shocker in terms of the game itself, but in terms of fantasy, those aren't the sort of scores that you want to see. Yeah, and there's a few draft guys that would have hurt people there. Yeah, um, um, guys like Jaden Short with 44, who's been outstanding yeah. this year for where you would have picked yeah. him up. Like you say, Floston. Rewalt, 69. Yeah, um, Brandon Ellis, 72, who looked like he was turning a bit of a corner. Yeah. Yeah, just not enough. On the cat side of the ledger, though, some really good scores there. Paddy Dangerfield, I mean, after he wasn't... I mean, he's coming no, off of a 70-odd I mean, last it's week. It's pretty clear he's going to be the best forward come the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But I don't like playing him. No, he, he's boom or bust, basically. Yeah. At the moment, he's either going to get you 130 or he's going to get you somewhere around about an 80. I mean, and... you can pretty safely play him because everyone's got him, but... Personally, I don't feel good having him on my field. No, I'm, I I don't have him at the moment because uh, I needed to fix up my last midfield rookie. Uh, uh, I'm looking at... Well, I was originally looking at getting Paddy Dangerfield in this week, uh, but with the Andrew Gaff issue, obviously, <laughs> we have uh, facing ourselves. Yeah. Um, that might need to be put off for another week <laughs> into finals, which is... a. Uh, really sad where you're still tweaking your team you know with two weeks to go in the season oh, I've still got like I don't think I've got enough trades to finish tweaking my team before the season ends <laughs> it's in that bad of season there's always something to do though there's <laughs> always something to do Paddy Dangerfield was terrific Joel Selwood bounced back after last week pretty much the entire Geelong midfield was great Tim Kelly with 121 mm-hmm. Menegola who's proving again that you need him in your forward line uh, Mitch Duncan with a 99 you'd be happy with that as a draft owner yep. just hasn't stepped up again this year like last year I think he's the one that ended up missing out on those points yeah. remember pre-season we were talking about the addition of Ablett and Tim, Tim Kelly, Kelly and what that would do to the midfield mm-hmm. we were both well I know I was I think you might have agreed with me mm-hmm. thinking it was Menegola that would lose those points I did think it was going to be Menegola it ended up being Duncan yeah unfortunately which is unfortunate for but him. the interesting thing is Duncan has been playing a little bit off halfback in this uh, oh. uh, in the back end of the season and he actually his uh, heat maps reflect that you so reckon it would be enough for next year I though? think it could be enough it's a wait and see though so there is a chance I mean they are going to yeah, they always want a few different yeah. sort of players to bring into the forward line or bring into the back. Guys to get Ex- people in. Exactly, because I mean, if you've just got Rory Laird, Jake Lloyd, and uh, what, who else? Because Elliot Yo's going to be, yeah, going to be, be losing defensive anymore. status next year. You know, they want a couple of big name guys that you have to pay a little bit more for that you yeah. can't necessarily start the year with, but you can work towards bringing in. Yeah, true. Um, uh, Cam Guthrie was good with a ninety-four. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> which was. Nowhere near what he's been averaging. He was putting up 54 yeah. as an average in his eight games this year before that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Abbott. This the, was the uh, debut. Yeah, yeah, the youngster, debut. He was Good fantastic. For Good for him. Not- um, you'd think, though, if Stanley's fit. It, well, Stanley was looking to be the best, uh, but then... Of course, being Geelong, I saw an interview with Chris Scott saying, oh no, it's not just because Stanley was injured that Abbott got bought in. We've actually been looking at playing him for a long time. Yeah, because he's, he's been, been saying great. that for the last two months. Exactly. He's so, been saying for the last two months they want to play Abbott, but they can't because Stanley or 
um, Stanley's been in play. such good form. Um, I, I, I just, just get worried. That's just Scott playing smoke and mirrors. They're I not going to so. play the two yeah. of them. Sta- I mean, Stanley has been in terrific form. I mean, he's just been a ripper for the back half of the season. And like I was, I've been saying for the past month or so, he looked like he'd secured his spot as the top ruckman at Geelong. Yeah, you'd think if he's fit, he'll come back in. I think um, Zach Smith actually had a really good game in the VFL. Oh as my well. god! So, <laughs> just to know, confuse us more. So they, they might just like throw darts at a dartboard or something, <laughs> see whose face they land on. I like it. Uh, Gaza uh, was just a little bit down as well in this game. So. Um, you know, someone's not going to get as much of the ball. Gary Ablett was looked after a little bit. I think um, that, you know, just at the um, uh, the coal face that Trent Cotchin was running head-to-head with him a little bit. Uh, okay, and he's yeah. very hard to beat um, mm-hmm. in and under with the contested ball. He is good, um, yeah. So Gary Ablett, he made up most of his points in the last quarter, to be honest. He was it was a bit of a wrecking yeah, ball in the last quarter. Yeah, he was the one that brought him back into the game, wasn't he? He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, just uh, a little bit of a fall away. Tom Hawkins, after going on a rampaging last month, came crashing back down with a uh, 53. Oh, I mean, he was never going to do that no. against the greatest defender of all. <laughs> Alex Rands, of course. <laughs> I loved the hype last week as well about him going head-to-head with Alex Rands. That was the the oh, biggest lead-up to a matchup. The commentator's players that they love, just hyping. Yeah, I love it. Um, we'll move on to the next game of the round, and... Um, this was another cracker. This was fantastic. Hawthorne was versus good. Bombers, this 107 to 103. Hawthorne got up in the end, and I mean, what else can you say? It was a fantastic game, close. I mean, the lead switched so many times as well. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the yeah. It was back and forth, and never really got that far out either. No, it it was an absolutely brilliant game. I had the uh, the pleasure to actually sit down and watch the entire thing, so mm. rarely get the chance to sit down and watch an entire game on the weekend. There's always something to do, but this yeah. one was an absolute I think I was ripper. actually flicking between the two. <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. The, um, was it Brisbane North? It was, yeah. That was another... I watched, we'll get to that one, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, just for fantasy scores, Tommy Mitchell is he's putting up yeah. ridiculous scores every week. Jack Gunston was absolutely fantastic. He was swung yes. back a little bit, but then, I mean... Yeah. He, in that second half, he was just marking everything. He was just marking everything and putting it through the middle of the goals as well. Yeah. So, kick five goals, three. He's not doing that every week, but he did look very imposing. I mean, he was yeah. looking very yeah. good On his day, game. he's... Unstoppable. Oh, he's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Henderson looked great in this game as well. The Silver Fox himself. <laughs> he was... he's, he's gone grey very, very suddenly. He has, hasn't he? I don't yeah. remember him being actually Me so grey around the edges. Me but no, The Silver Fox. He looked terrific. He Jaeger, was very good, yeah. Jaeger Amira as well with a 95. Good for draft owners. Mm-hmm. The, um, the man straight out of the 80s, the uh, the, mul- <laughs> the walking mullet, Ben Stratton, was clunking everything in the back line, intercepting marks he all over was... the shop like a wall they just could not get past him yeah uh, he's not doing this every week guys don't bank on those sorts of scores but this was very Although very having good having said that I think he went 80 something last week as well yeah he did have a good game and I mean I don't know who they verse next week though so the, the issue is though that they're missing Sicily maybe they've chucked him around to be a bit more free um, well Sicily's in not the last back couple next week. of weeks Sicily isn't back next week so it could be an interesting one to look at he's gone back to back good scores yeah have a little bit of a look it, at like, him if he's on your way but if you're a... He's owned by under 10% of teams in ultimate footing. Mm. There's always a couple of teams in finals, though, that cop some last-minute injuries or something and are looking at going in with a donut in draft leagues. Yep. This is the sort of guy that would be available on a waiver wire. Yep. So you, you've got to take a little bit of a ballsy move sometimes. Uh, Lukey Bruce with an 88. This was... I mean, he's had an absolutely outstanding month. 
Um, yep. Actually, probably six to eight weeks. I'm going to give him an outstanding year. He's yeah, been amazing. He's been year. fantastic. Um, he was actually on 83 at three quarter time and held to 88. So uh, he could wow. have had another big score. It's just someone locked down on him. So uh, just be Good aware of that. that he was he was on track for a massive game. Um, Ooh, signs of life from Ryan Burton. Yeah, that's an interesting one. 82. 82. He, what did he do last week? Uh, he wasn't particularly great. Um, so it's just a one off stage. He was. He was looking at getting better, but he just didn't quite put the score together. I think mm. it was in the 70s. But 82 from Ryan Burton this week, you know, might be a little bit of a, him clinging back some fantasy respectability. Fingers crossed. Uh, but, oh, I mean, I, used to, I loved watching Ryan Burton play from a fantasy point of view last year. And he was good, yeah. Watching him drop off like this had just has not been great. Um, some of the other great players that I enjoyed watching, um, Harry Morrison was fantastic in the game. He's a player to watch for keeper leagues for the future. He definitely is. Yeah. And James Warple as well was absolutely outstanding in this game. Uh, yep, not seventy nine. Not the biggest scores this week, and that obviously they haven't been averaging that great this year either. But just from a uh, keeper league point of view, going forward, they have fantasy games about them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent on both. Yeah. Uh, Shall we move over to the Bombers, or have you spotted anyone else you want to have a chat no, about? Let's move on. Bombers. Uh, Zach Merritt, looking thirty-four, all class. He was yeah. terrific. This Almost... is what we were expecting from the start of the year. Exactly. Um, it's just one of those. Uh, I tell you what, Mitchell one of those potholes. Mitchell and Zerat head to head. This game was. Oh, Zerat almost overtook him as well. Yep. Uh, there was a stage where uh, Tom Mitchell had only scored ten points mm. halfway through the last quarter. It looked like Zerat was going to just demolish him. Yeah. Um, Travis Collier was one of their best players on the park, and he was a last-minute inclusion as well. That was very interesting. Yep. Way like we've seen this over time, though he's very hit and miss. So oh, absolutely! Don't, don't jump the gun on this one. Yep. Just leave him. Just like Kale Hooker as well, he's also very hit and miss. He's m- much more obviously um, uh, consistent than Travis Collier. He was, he was averaging seventy going into this. Also which, in the team most of the time. Yeah, true. <laughs> which helps generally. But uh, I mean, Kale Hooker isn't the worst option to have in your defense in a draft league if you're in a deep draft league and he's one of your last playing defenders. Yep. Because uh, he can pump out a really big score now and then. Yeah, and he is playing defense again now, which I think probably helps his scoring. Oh, it does. Those plus, plus sixes in the back line always help. Um, Devin Smith, 97. Eh, he did enough. Happy he, with that. Heaney's owned it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dyson Heppel with a 91. Not so happy with that uh, for a, a center. Mm-hmm. Um, Arazio as well has... Oh, he, he had a ripping couple of games coming back from injury. Uh, the 89, you're still pretty happy with that, where you would have picked him up in draft I'd be happy with that, yeah. Mm. Uh, one of the players that I uh, saw a fair bit of was uh, Michael Hurley. Um, bounced back after last week's, what, 28 or something terrible? <laughs> yeah. With a, uh, with a 76. Look, again, if you still have Michael Hurley somehow in your uh, salary cap league, and you are somehow in finals... Please get rid of him. He is a prime option to upgrade. Oh, my Although, God. Although, having said that, they do play St. Kilda next week. No, I'd, I still wouldn't. Oh, St. Kilda don't really have tall forwards, do they? I, Jeez, that's tough. Um, all right. <laughs> Would you... <laughs> Would... I, I wouldn't be playing. No, no. I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. Um, some poor scores as well, unfortunately, from players like David Zaharakis was 62. Yep. Goddard with a 60 was really disappointing. Yeah. Um, one player I want to pick out just again uh, because it, the media still seems to be hitting up the fact that Kyle Langford is playing a lot through the midfield. Mm. He's not, guys. He's playing up forward. I watched a fair <laughs> bit of this game. Yeah. He was playing as a deep forward and then rolling up into the midfield occasionally. Yes, um, agreed. Yeah, so don't buy into all that hype that he's 
playing pure midfield. He, at he the did moment. have a period where he was. Oh, but he was shifted the roles around a little bit again. Yeah. So quite frustrating because there, up forward. there was a lot of media um, yeah. splashed. Although about. having said that, was that the full game? I can't really remember too much, or if it was late. Because uh, I know Stringer was injured and off the ground for a little bit, so maybe he took the Stringer role. Could could be because he is a big body. He was playing forward for quite for quite a while in this game. Yeah. Um, it was quite frustrating for owners. Uh, we move on to the other game, which you were just talking about before: North Melbourne versus Brisbane. This was actually a really good game. Absolutely, I mean, all, most of them on the Saturday were great games. Um, yeah. I mean, Brisbane deserved to win this, in my opinion. I agree. They, they should have won. Unfortunately, you know the young gun Rainer. It's it's unfortunate because he's such a good drop kick. Yeah, he's, I think he just the drop punt coming off his boot. I haven't seen a bad one this yeah. season. It and was just, a bizarre decision, but Russia blood. Yeah, and and I mean he is an eighteen year old. We you you watch him play and you think that he's been playing for so long because he's got just such composure and yeah. such skill. I mean, he nailed a more difficult shot about thirty seconds earlier. Yeah, and you know you forget for a moment that he's an eighteen year old kid playing in his first season. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, he went around the corner and missed. It's unfortunate, but... But it was a good game game from North Melbourne as well. They played very well. So, on the North Melbourne side of the ledger, Jack Zeeble bobbed up with 120. Uh, Fantastic for him. I'm really looking forward to when he's a fantasy-relevant forward next year and you have to talk about him every week. Is he a fantasy-relevant forward? I think he will be next year. Well, he's still averaging... Before this week, so including this week's score, he's averaging 84 is that fantasy relevant in salary cap leagues? Oh, As, no, definitely not in salary cap. Yeah. Oh, in draft leagues, in draft, of course. In yeah. draft, he's a middle middle range sort of uh, forward. But for salary cap leagues, I will maintain the argument that he's not relevant. You're still going to have to talk about him. Oh, fine. <laughs> um, Trent Dumont, 100. Now, this was a great game for him, and it was because Higgins was out, I think. So that was... Yeah, he. Well, they're not the same player. They're obviously Very not the same players, players. But but he stepped into much more of that midfield role that Higgins would normally be doing. He really stood up this week. That could mean more midfield minutes. Watch this space for next year. We've been waiting yeah. on Trent Dumont for a while. I think he's a really good player, and I've liked him for a long time. And I think he gets a lot of minutes. He mm-hmm. just he's not one of the go-to guys. So yeah, it's they, the role in the midfield. Yeah. So if one of his teammates looks up with the ball and sees him and someone else. Often they'll go to someone else because they're a better user. Yeah, uh, particularly if Higgins is playing. I mean, obviously yeah. you're going to hit up Higgins every time. Jack Zeeble before him. Even yeah. some of the other guys like Ryan Clark, who's playing in the midfield at the moment, is seeing a lot of the ball. Yeah. Um, but I really like him. He can find the ball. Yeah, And absolutely. he can play different roles. So uh, so it, watch and see for next year because... He's had know, a good Higgins, month or so, I think. And Higgins isn't getting any younger either. No. So he's still a great player, but at some point he's going to be retiring and Dumont is going to be worth something in a keeper league. Uh, Anderson was good in this game with 89. Realistically, we all know that the uh, the Kangaroos aren't the best fantasy side out there, though. Yeah. So it does fall off a fair way from there. One of your riskets from last week, Majak Dor. So close. He was on 71 points with 15 minutes to go in the last quarter. Yeah. I was watching that game thinking, Matt's going to get a nice point or two here. <laughs> And unfortunately... We don't actually have like a number for Ruckman, do we? Not really, but I'd say it'd be the same as yeah. defender backs, so you'd be hoping for a 75 I mean, you could make point. the argument it's lower because Rucks are just so difficult to find good ones, <laughs> but I'm not going to make that argument. I wouldn't. <laughs> it's because you will get shot down right now. Uh, no, unfortunately, didn't get a point for that. Which yeah. No, when I, saw, when I saw his score, my first thought was close, but not enough. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh... 
you know, some of the other players, just again, in terms of fantasy relevance, North Melbourne don't have quite a lot. Paula Hearn was um, not up to scratch after last week's amazing game. Might have tired himself out a bit. Um, it, he didn't have any marks and only two tackles. Yeah. Last week he was in everything. So Absolutely. He still had 16 touches though, which is good. Yeah. Um, there's a few guys that have shown glimpses over the course of the year, mm-hmm. like a Hearn, like McDonald, yeah. like... Um, Clark, even sixty-four Clark, from yep. him this week after a few hundreds. Yeah, even Ben Brown on occasion. Mm-hmm. He got fifty-six this week. But Luke they, McDonald, who was quite good earlier in the season. Yeah, like there's a few of them that show glimpses, but just didn't do the job today. Um, Agreed. And Cunnington had a quiet game as well. I mm. think sixty-six from him on the uh, the Brisbane Lions side of the ledger. Much better scores from them. Dame Zorko was huge with one hundred and fifty-four. How yeah. many? The scores did we get over like 140 and 150 oh, this week? It was big scores. I did. I was looking at a Twitter the other day, and the mm-hmm. AFL fantasy site tweeted out something along the lines of your top score potentially, if you had all the right players, could have been somewhere over 3,100 in salary cap. That is insane. That is mental. <laughs> like absolutely mental. Um, and there was three players or so that you could could have had, which would have had scores of. I mean, obviously, uh, you had Tom Mitchell with a massive score, Grundy with a massive score, Zorko, um, huge scores all over the shop. There were a few giants that went big. Oh, it was was Um, insane. Yeah. Uh, Hugh McCluggage, uh, you know how much we love this kid. He's going to be a gun going forward. 123. Three goals. Did you watch any of this game? Yeah. yeah. I was switching as well. Oh, he he dodged around so many players. His lateral movement is amazing. He gets the ball and just Mm. dips and ducks and dives his way out of traffic. And then... (laughs) uh, oh, it, he is exciting to watch. He he looks like an absolute gun, this kid. Uh, Mitch Robinson with 115 was good in this game, but again, he's another one like Zebel this year who showed a lot and could have been huge, uh, averaging about 89, including yeah. this score, which ain't bad, but again... Some people thought he could have been a top six forward in salary cap leagues almost. He was doing yeah, that well through the middle of the year. I know he went pretty early in our um, draft as well. The injury, you know, that displacement yeah. there in the middle of the season really didn't help his scoring, unfortunately. Yeah. I've got an idea. Like, I'm not really basing this on anything specific, but I just feel like he's really going to drop off next year as well. I think he will as well, because I, I think it's those mainly that a lot up. of the other guys will step up. And one of those guys is Jared Berry, who, again, just like McCluggage, they're averaging pretty similar as well, actually, yeah. mid-70s. Yeah. Um, he looks like a gun as well. I mean, I, as a West Coast fan, I'm still a little bit upset and hurt that they didn't take him. But, uh, you know, I'm happy with Venables, but that pick... You know, three before when Brisbane I, took him. I remember because <laughs> we watched that draft together and you were sitting there going, Berry, Berry, Berry. <laughs> and then they picked Venables and you're like, I actually don't know who that is. <laughs> I had no idea because I hadn't, you know, I knew where our first pick was and Venables was expected to go around about the low to mid-20s and then we took a punt on him so I hadn't done much research on him. Oh, God, I that remember Berry's that. looking really good. He, I mean, he he's like going to be a mainstay in that midfield Absolutely. for a long time. Absolutely. Um, uh, Dane Beams with a 92. Not what you want because a lot of people bought him in as that uber premium in salary cap leagues. Yep. Look, again, I think you have to back him in if you already have him. If you yep. don't have him, there's a couple of better choices. He was playing North. North generally don't give up a lot of points. Having yep. said that, we've just rattled off four guys that went... Big, massive. Went 100 and two of them went huge. Having said that, though, usually North don't give up a lot of points. That is so, true. And, and you know, I, I suppose the other thing is Ben Jacobs wasn't playing in this game just like he hasn't been playing in most of the second half of the season. Yep. So they didn't have a lockdown tagger in this either. So no. I'm, 
I, I think there are better options if you don't have Dane Beams in your side and you're looking for a gaff replacement, for example. Uh, but if you already have Dane Beams, back him in. You yeah. don't need to trade yeah, him I out. I agree. I agree. If you've got him, you've got some other stuff yeah. you can do, probably. Josh Walker has been strangely consistent and a decent scoring in the back half yeah. of the year. And this is actually even with, with um, um, uh, Paris Andrews back yeah. in. Because he was sort of shifted to that backline role out of necessity mm. when uh, Harris Andrews was out, but he's held down that role and he's still doing it. Yeah, and uh, you can reel off a whole bunch of others who scored really well for draft leagues as well, like Luke Hodge, Alex Witherden, Alan mm. Christensen. So those guys had really solid scores this week. Uh, Cam Rayner with a 73 as well. You, if you took him Pretty in good. a keeper league, you're still happy with these oh, sort yeah, of absolutely. developing scores. Absolutely. Uh, would be. Steph Martin is the big one for me, 67. I don't think yeah. he's dropping off. Uh, he hasn't scored as well as he has at the start of the year. But if you still have him in salary cap leagues, you absolutely need to move him on because the other two yeah. big boys in the competition are scoring too well. Yep, yeah, agreed. Uh, and you're missing out on, you know, in the case of this week, it was almost 100 points that you missed out on if you didn't have Grundy, for example, but you yeah, had Steph a big Martin. Difference. Um, but yeah, it, Martin is going to be an interesting one to watch for next year. Does he steadily start to decline because that always happens with older players does he go down from like averaging 105 this year to maybe averaging 100 next year or does he drop off even further to 95 or 90 or you know where does it go I think he's still got the athleticism that he's based his game around he does absolutely it might just be more of a phasing thing with um, Oscar McInerney maybe yeah I, I think for me if I had to put numbers on it now and this is such an early point of view I would say the range for next year is somewhere between 95 to 100. I reckon that Steph Martin averages after coming off of about 105 this yeah, year. Yeah, that kind of feels about right, but because he I is such he is such a an athletic beast and Brisbane are getting to the point where they can compete now even with these youngsters. Yeah. And he's he's such a good player to have for the structure of that team. Why would you just offload him for Oscar McInerney, who is super young still and still yeah. developing? Yeah, so he's doing a pretty good job up there. He, he is. I, I like the look of Oscar McInerney, but um, I think they'll still play Matt o- Omac up forward for a little bit longer and then as a secondary ruck. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that might hurt... Um, Steph Martin a little bit is the fact that the rest of that midfield is building true, and they will take the ball that previously he had gotten Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see or will that mean that Brisbane will just have more of the ball and be able to kick sideways and into the corridor where Steph Martin usually is it's it's through those elite users it's Rayner Martin's not the worst user out there either but I get get entirely what you mean yeah I mean absolutely you'd much rather have the balls in with it in hands than Steph Martin Um, moving on to the other I mean the showdown another a great game this round Uh, this was another one 96 to 93 uh, I don't think that the Crows should have won this one because that looked like a poster it was definitely a poster yeah I love the fact that after the game uh, Jenkins came out and said (laughs) you know Oh, I, I think it might have hit the post. It, it hit no, the post, he was mate. straight up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hit the post. Yeah. Um, still, a great game to watch. Yeah. Uh, if you're a uh, a power fan, you're well within your rights to feel a little aggrieved Absolutely. at this. I mean, on the one hand, Port should have won the game because it was a poster. But on the other hand, Adelaide had 18 behinds. They mm. should have won it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they absolutely just should have. didn't use it well enough. Yeah, unfortunately for them. Uh, so on the winner's side of the ledger, Matty Crouch, 134. We said for quite a while that he's going to be a guy you have to have in the run home. Yep. Proving to be that with a couple of massive scores back-to-back. Absolutely. Rory Atkins has done that thing where he's gotten like 50 last week and now yeah, he's gotten 133. Yeah, just that classic winger role that yeah. you 
Love to hate him. Two up and down. <laughs> exactly. Two up and down for me. Yeah. If he can put it all together, he has the attributes to be a fantasy player, but when is he going to do that or is he going to do that? Yeah, I, I think his role in the team, he's always going to be like this. Mm. Josh Jenkins, power forward, averaging 72 prior to this 124. Don't trust it. It's... When he goes big, he goes big, mm-hmm. but he's just as likely to get 30 next week. Exactly. So, But this was a great score. If anyone out there owns him in a draft league, you might, probably might have won you the match. match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rory Sloan with 106. Got a good score yeah, from good. him. Yeah. Good. And Bryce Gibbs with 101. You'd be pretty happy yep. with that too. Tommy D. Uh, just a quick side <laughs> note on him. How good has he been as a... He's been so good as a rookie for us this he's year. He's been amazing. He Clearly the best rookie of the year. Uh, for from me, a fantasy yeah, from a fantasy point of view, absolutely. And for me, I still subscribe to the thought that both he and Alex Witherden are on the same level as, if not better than uh, Jaden Stevenson this year. You're talking and from a rising star. From a rising star point of view. It's, See, it's really tough. That's always got to me is the actual criteria for winning the rising star is not written down anywhere like mm. it's it's I think it's deliberately vague so they can just pick someone yeah but it's not it's it's basically just you have to be under this certain age played less uh, less yeah. games oh, than no, this no, I mean it's clear what you have what the criteria are to actually be eligible yeah. for it but yeah. in terms of once you've been nominated how they decide who wins exactly there's, there's not a point scoring system. No. There's not like a, we, we don't a best even, on ground system or something yeah, like we that. We don't even know if it's based on what they can, what they've done this year, what they can do moving forward. Who's the flashiest? Who's the most exciting? Who does the best role for their team? It's based on feel, basically. Yeah. It's, it's whatever the voters feel, and yeah. I, I think it's the AFL media that vote on that. I'm not 100 no percent sure, but, but I feel that they're going to feel it'll be Stevenson. Yeah, saying I agree, but for me. I th- if if I had to pick one, I'd pick Alex Witherden every day of the week because that kid has been amazing and uh, like just outstanding. And yeah, I honestly don't know who I'd go out of those three. Mm. I think they're probably the three top contenders. Though. Tough, tough one, tough one. Um, Rory Laird has had three down games in three weeks. He's had yeah. three scores under eighty, I think, um, or maybe under eighty-five. I'm not sure what the the first score yeah, of this it's... run has been. Um, Strange. Or he was actually manned up by Darcy Byrne-Jones, who played a defensive tag on him. Okay. So you mean uh, or, a four, or a forward he, tag. Someone's finally realized how good he is. How good he is, yeah. Um, that... Uh, if you had nothing to do in your team this week, and I mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> if you didn't have Andrew Gaff, if you didn't have um, uh, Steph Martin, you know, these sorts of players, yeah. uh, or even a rookie to upgrade... I might think about getting rid of Roy Laird because three poor yeah. games in a row is normally the sample size that I would go, hang on, this something's happening on. here. Yeah, He's owned by 66% of teams still. It's not going to hurt you, I wouldn't suggest, if no. you own him. But as a point of difference, yeah, it could be very good if he continues on this poor run. If you're coming in as the underdog... Uh, and you yep. need something a little bit different in order to win, maybe you get rid of Rory Laird from your side, bring in someone else, and hope that they perform better. All right, well, let's have a look at this then. He's 650000 So he's actually lost a lot of cash because he, he was worth a lot of money. All right, I'll run you through some names at that you'd be able to afford. Yeah. Um, assuming that you've already got all the big-name guys. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, Witherden. Witherden. 643000 Owned by 6% of teams. Plays Collingwood this week. Would you go Laird to Witherden? No. All right. Next one down is Shannon Hearn, no, five hundred and ninety-six thousand. No, no, no. Has Port. Next one down. Um, 
Tom McDonald, 582,000. Jeez. Keith Shaw, no. 569,000. I forgot how how bad the defensive stocks get after a certain point. Zach Tui, 566,000. No. There's not really... No, so you'd have to you'd have to reach up to someone. Uh, but well, I mean, most of those other guys are you already own. Yeah, you're com- you're already coming up against like, or you already own people like Brayshaw, Yo, um, Jake Lloyd. Uh, you know, I, Simpson, Simpson, Cade Simpson. I I actually don't know who you'd switch him to. It would no. be a real roughie. Yeah, and like or amazing one of those roughie. guys I've just mentioned. Yeah, if if anyone out there can think of anyone or has a little bit of an inkling, just uh, don't forget you can send in any questions to at Extended Bench AU on Twitter, and uh, we'd be more than happy to let you know what we actually think of that trade. So yeah. if but you're thinking of finding a POD to uh, replace Laird with, we're all ears. Yeah, because um, yeah, we're assuming that if you've got all the other big names. There's not much. There's not much out there. It's it's a real wasteland. Um, we might move over to Port because we've talked about the Crows for quite a bit. Um, yep. ju- not great scoring on the Port side of ledger. They just didn't no. do much for fantasy this week. Uh, Justin Westoff was the highest scorer with a 93. Um, yep. Uh, look, this is interesting because they obviously have four forwards who are all in uh, that sort of um, fantasy relevance. Uh, you've got Justin Westoff, Robbie Gray, Chad Wingard, and Tom Rockliffe. Yep. Um, Justin Westoff was really solid with a 93. Robbie Gray was solid with an 89, but with needed four goals. four goals to get there. So yep. again, I just don't trust him. Uh, Wingard got to uh, 86 with also four goals. Yep. Um, and Tom Rockliffe was, you know... He had basically two quarters where he did nothing, and he had two quarters where he really did incredibly well and ended up on yep. a 69. He was playing inside midfield, so I'd still want Rockliffe in my side. I don't. You'd, oh, well, you haven't had him in your side. I like, haven't all even considered him. You haven't had him at all. But I st- if you own Tom Rockliffe, again, it's the same sort of situation for me as Beams. I'd back him in next week. If you don't own Tom Rockliffe, I wouldn't actively go out and seek him. In getting into your side, yeah, I absolutely would not be seeking him out. Um, who's he's got Eagles next week? Yes, he does. Um, and this is an Eagles midfield, which again is missing one of their best players and their best ruckman. So coming up against Paddy Ryder, Rockcliffe could be a real ace in the hole. Mm. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. The other, um, obviously interesting part is whether Chad Wingard suffers the same sort of thing that Robbie Gray did midway through the season where he's kicked a bag of goals and Ken Hinckley thinks, oh, hang on, we should be playing him up forward again and moves him straight into the forward line. Uh, I think he's probably protected a bit by the fact that Gray also kicked four goals. Yeah, I'd I'd hope so because that would frustrate me to no end. (laughs) Uh, Jared Leinart had another really solid game, actually, with a 78. Um, I mean... not not enough to play on your field, obviously, because no. you should realistically be done upgrading your rookies by now. If if for some reason you aren't and there you have one or two rookies left on your field, no issue playing him because he's basically gone 75, 76, and 78 in three weeks. He's been very, very solid. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other one, just quickly, uh, from a rookie perspective, was Kane Farrell. Jumped out of the gate with uh, three <laughs> goals in the first quarter. quarter. Yeah. Um, 73, you're happy with that. He's making a teeny bit of money, and that might help with a last-minute upgrade in the next two weeks. Yeah. That, that's all he's going to do Pretty for much. you. Pretty much. 
Um, other than that, it's just a bit of disappointment from some of the Port players. So 65 from Wines That's and 51 from Pal Pepper. Pal Pepper. You would have thought they would have done better than that. Yeah, I would have thought, absolutely. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones is a draft guy this year, and he was poor with 38, but again, he was locking down on uh, Laird. Yeah. Um, and the other one was uh, Stephen Motlop, who's had some good games this year, and then chucks in a 56 every once in a while. So yeah. just not enough from, uh, from Motlop to be considered for me. Uh, move on to the next game shall we Mm -hmm. Uh, which was Saints Bullies this was probably the only poor game it was the only poor game for the Saturday games yep Um, 68 103 the Bullies got up in the end you'd expect I expected the Saints to win yeah did you guarantee that this one last week Saints would win by a fair margin I don't think I made any guarantees, Matt. I'm pretty sure on the. Uh, I don't think I made the mailbag. You I f- made. S- I don't make guarantees. I- in fact, I think it was in relation to one of your riskets, Loney. Yeah, I had. Yeah, who you did very would, well. He had a great game, but yeah. you said this would be a comfortable win. Yes, I may have. <laughs> I, I would have said the same. I thought that this was going to be a, a win by the Saints, yeah. but. You'd but expect there's going to be some changes to the team the, this week. The Bulldogs got up in a big way. So, uh, 103 to 68. Jack McRae was um, absolutely amazing for 132. Uh, he's looking like a great gaff replacement because he is quite cheap at the moment. Um, we've got Josh Dunkley with 127, who's the form forward of the competition and looking absolutely amazing. Dunks. I, I see that smile on your face. All right, mate. All right. Um, he's... So... Uh, do you absolutely have to have Josh Dunkley in the finals at the moment? Um, if you're coming up against the Dunkley, do you also need to get him into your side? Ooh, it's a good question. Um, I would say almost yes, because he's in too good a form at the moment. Yeah, I think so, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. The, I, suppose the, I suppose the only interesting thing for me is that he is coming up against the Kangaroos this week. That could be a hard team to score against because yeah. traditionally this year they have been trickier to score against. So, um, if look, if, if you're looking for someone to get in this week, he's been in ripping form. Why not go with him? Yeah. But just that's got an asterisk next to it considering the Saints have been awful this year. He's gotten a great score against them yeah. and he's coming up against a finals contender which has the ability to really strangle scoring. Yep. And the other thing I was just checking, he's only owned by 3% of teams. Mm. So he is a massive point of difference still. Um, I'm not going to say he's must-have, but I think he's probably the best point of difference you can have for your forward line at this stage. I like it. Uh, Jason Johannesson was great this week, finally. Uh, it's, um, Lipinski, for some reason, has done something. I don't know how and I don't know why all of a sudden. Uh, Caleb Daniel with 105, one of your boys from last year who really fell away. Yeah. Uh, Bontempelli jumped up and was fantastic. I think the third quarter particularly or oh, something, he was yeah. outstanding. Uh, Lockie Hunter with 102, Jordan Roughhead with 101. They really just went to town. Yeah. After quarter time, they just absolutely went to town on the, the Saints. So. Yeah. I like um, that I can see the injury icon next to Jordan Roughhead's name. And when isn't Jordan Roughhead injured? Because I swear <laughs> I have not watched a game this year that he's played in where he hasn't limped or hobbled to the mm. bench at some point and the commentators have gotten concerned he wouldn't come back. Yeah, on. I love it. Um, one, one thing I actually did bring up last week when it was just me on the podcast, uh, I said that it is not at all a bad idea to switch... Toby McLean for Josh Dunkley if you don't have anything else to do. I don't mind that one. Toby McLean's gotten a 73 again this week. So that still rings true for you? Are you happy to do that? Are you comfortable with that? Switching McLean for Yeah, so Dunkley? bringing Dunkley in for McLean. 
Dunkley's been in better form for much the last better few weeks. form for the last month and a bit. Yep. Um, I have no issue with that. Um, I'm not sure if there's other people I would be moving first. Yeah, that's true. It depends um, on what your team looks like. But if you have no other issues and Toby McLean sitting there with a few seventies in a row on your be- on your field, bringing in Josh Dunkley is not the worst idea. Yeah, like I mean, I've got Wingard in my mid in my forward line still. Yeah, um, I've got Heaney in my forward line still. I'd probably be looking at those two ahead of um, McLean. Yeah, um, to bring Dunk- uh, Dunkley in. Yeah, true. I like that. Just, just because of the ceiling. Yeah, true. Like, we've seen McLean has an incredible ceiling. <laughs> mm. And Wingard has a good ceiling, but he doesn't hit it as often. And yep. Heaney's just been, like, the epitome of not hitting ceilings this it, year. That, that's what he's done this year. He hasn't hit the ceiling. He hasn't and hit ceilings. the other uh, issue with Heaney is his role at the moment. He looks like he's playing up forward a fair bit, mm. um, which is not conducive to scoring. Um, so, over on the Saints side of the ledger, Seb Ross was, I believe, the highest scorer of the round with 160, was outstanding, um, just absolutely everywhere. He was. Uh, Jack Billings, 122. Uh, Continuing his resurgence. Yeah, it's he's an just interesting in one to... to sucker us in for next year. Yeah, well, he will, and he absolutely <laughs> will sucker us in for next year because he's that cheap that he's going to be so cheap and... Yeah. He has the ability to score, so very uh, interesting. Forward to this yes. next year. Uh, my advice to keeper league owners out there: do not let go of Jack Billings in the off season because someone, if someone's offering you a trade, they are going to be offering less than what he was worth. Absolutely, what he was worth um, this time last season. Yeah, um, and this is what Jack Billings can At do. At some point, it will all click and this will become yeah. the norm. Because this is not just a Jack Billings issue, it's partly a St Kilda issue as well. And Absolutely. somehow, St Kilda will click. They've got too much talent not to. At some point, they'll click. Uh, Jack Surely. Steele, 101. Again, very solid this season. Very um, yeah, solid. Great, yeah. great second half mm. of the year. Uh, my risk <clears> it for the biscuit last week, Jack Lonnie, 99. I'm getting two points for that, aren't I? Two-pointer. Good man. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was very good in this game. He was. I didn't need a lot of goals to do it either with uh, just the two next to his no, name. 11 marks, though, was really 11 good. tackles. Oh, sorry, marks. Yeah, you're quite yeah, right. 11 marks. He was everywhere. <laughs> I was about to say, hang on, he's not a tackling small forward. No. Jay um, Gresham has he's... had an awesome last month and a half yeah, or so. He's been outstanding. Uh, he's playing a lot through the midfield, actually. Yeah. So that's. They're, they've really unleashed him in the midfield. Mm. He's showing his skills. Wonder he's going to be an interesting one next year, I think, for drafts. And. Your keeper leagues, if he's Oof. on your waiver wire, um, I think he's been taken in something like 80% of I imagine he now. would be, but in those 20% of leagues, if those are keeper leagues and he's still available, chuck him on your uh, your yeah. bench. Um, two more players I just quickly want to mention. Uh, one is Blake Akers. Uh, you know, after a great comeback from injury last week, yep. slowed down this week. Um, you know, if you own him in a draft, back him in. Yeah. Um, I'm just a little worried that he's going to be one of the scapegoats um, at team selection. I'm hoping not. I don't I think, think the he next would, guy yeah. that you're probably going to mention is going to be the scapegoat. Well, I, I might not be mentioning the one you think. I was just going to say, uh, look, it wasn't the best debut from Nathan Freeman, oh, but sorry, it was it so no. good to see him out on the park. It was fantastic to watch him yeah, run. No, sorry, I thought you were going to say Armitage. Armitage, yeah, he he's He'll one that will suffer yeah. at um, uh, team selection, I would suggest. Uh, we might move on to the, uh, I mean, another fantastic game in Sydney Swans versus Collingwood. Jeez, mm. uh, the Pies almost got up in this, actually. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, outstanding game. Uh, Sydney Swans won 73-71. 
A lot of decent scores here. Uh, particular, I mean, Lance Franklin's bounced back. I think someone said that he trained for five minutes this week instead of no minutes. So clearly... Five minutes equals six goals. <laughs> it was six goals, four, and a couple of them were posters as well. So, yeah. I mean, he was outstanding. 139. Oh, I, I don't trust him for salary caps. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be, you know, picking him up no. on the cheap. But no, look, he's pretty much the lone guy that's doing getting the job done for Sydney at the moment, mm. and that's going to take its toll. Well, yeah, he's their only target realistically. So I, I do really like what I see from the uh, the young kid um, Tom McCartan. He looks like he's got a big future, yeah. but he's still super young, and he's not ready to take on like a like really to be one of the top two tall no, uh, targets. Not. No. Um, and and noting, then they just don't have any other tools, really. It's worth noting, too, that Buddy didn't really have an opponent for the second half of the game. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, uh, no no Scharenberg, no Howe. No Dunn. No Dunn, no more. Yeah. Um, no, I think Reed's still out, isn't he? Yeah, Ben Reed's out, so... Yeah, there's just... They just don't have any tall defenders yeah, at the moment, unfortunately. basketball on him. Oh, yeah, Magden. Uh, Magden, who actually looked okay. He looked pretty... Decent at the level. It's just it sucks if you're coming up against Buddy Franklin in your first game. That's yeah, that's a, a harsh introduction. <laughs> a bit rough. Uh, so Lance was terrific. Dane Rampy was fantastic, but he he pumps one of these out every two months, and then yeah. the rest of the time he's just your average Locked middle. Down. Exactly. His is entirely role based. If mm. they need him to lock someone down, he will, and he'll do a good job. But if they don't, he loves playing the free role. Alia Alia is going to be very interesting next year for draft leagues because. Yes. In this role he's playing as that third sort of tall where he doesn't have to mark down or uh, lock down on someone, mm. he is scoring very well. And they, yeah. they actually like getting the ball into his hands. He had 12 marks in this game. Because yeah, he, he doesn't mind taking a chance and making something happen. Yeah, I, not, I'm not suggesting that he's going to average like 90 or even maybe mm. 85. But if he's averaging somewhere around about like maybe what Jeremy McGovern did last year in terms of about 80. an 80. Yeah, I can that's, definitely that's see that. That's got some currency in draft leagues. I can definitely see that. The thing is, though, and we saw this last year, he's just a few bad games away from an extended um, kneeful. It is, yeah. I, I, I think that he's over that point, part of his career now. I think that Hopefully. he's... He's got his spot in the team Hopefully. secure now. Particularly with Grundy out for an, a fair bit of the second half yeah, of this year. Yeah, unfortunately suffering with mental health issues, I think, this week. So yeah. all the best to uh, Heath Grundy, who's uh, who's been an absolute champion down back for years. Uh, Nick Newman was terrific with 104. Um, hopefully he does something next year. I, he is going to be ridiculously cheap in salary cap. If Over preseason, mm. if he's locked into the best team... Get him into your side as a mid-pricer yeah. in salary cap yeah. leagues because he scores when he's on he the does. ground. And the fringe players in the Sydney team do seem to change year by year. Yeah, they do. So he might be back in favour next year. Mm. Uh, Hewitt with 94 was good. Parker, not quite what you want, but better than what he has put up some of the times this year with a 92. Uh, Sinclair was just, I mean, he couldn't get as many hit-outs basically as he normally would because he was just beaten by a much better Ruckman on the other side of the park. Yeah. Uh, Jake Lloyd, 91, you're happy, but you're not ecstatic, uh, I would suggest, with a yeah. 91 from Jake Lloyd, but pretty much everyone owns him, so it's not... Yeah, you're not really losing out Not a much. massive issue. Is there any other Sydney players you want to talk about? Um, Josh uh, Kennedy already, with a 65. Yeah, yeah. Just, we've already kind of mentioned Heaney as well on 66. Oh. He's one that I would be looking at potentially moving yeah, if you've he's, still got him. Yeah, he's just not putting up the numbers. He, and he's not even hitting the Heaney zone at the moment. No, so. he's not. Um, I... Look, who are Sydney taking on next week? Um, because 
obviously, when it comes down to finals, we get very, very match-up based, and you really want to be looking ahead at who they'll be taking he's on. He's got Melbourne, who don't give up a lot of points. Then he's got Giants. Who, uh, who over the last few weeks haven't been giving up a super amount of points. And then he's got Hawks. No, yeah, I don't mind the idea of getting rid of him, to be honest. Hawks is going to be a game where he can probably score half decently, mm. but, jeez, no, that's, that's a tough ask. So, yeah. yeah. I don't like his run home. I agree, yeah. I 100% agree with you, Matt. Um, so, on the, uh, the other side of the ledger for Collingwood... I mean, we all know who scored the most. He he has been outstanding at all year. Best. Who? All right. Who's the all Australian ruckman? Gorn or Grundy? The all Australian. The all Australian ruckman. Because I mean, we can we can Gorn. just say who the best fantasy ruckman is by the average. But you yeah. say Gorn. I say Gorn because yep. of the first. That's what most people say. Midfield. Yeah. I actually disagree and say Grundy, mm-hmm. but I could literally say that for me they're almost fifty fifty. They have been, both been so good. Yeah. Gorn does give slightly better use in terms of his... Or he does give better use in terms of his hit-outs to advantage. Grundy offers more around the ground. But I think Grundy offers so much more around the ground. Just in terms... He literally is an extra midfielder for them. Gorn is is good around the ground in terms of taking those big clunks. Mm -hmm. Um, But Grundy just does so much for them. And he's, he's won them games. Pretty much off his own back. So is yeah. Gorn though. They're both yeah. great players. Yeah. I don't think you could make a bad choice either no. one. But for me, it's Gorn and those hit-outs to advantage. It's just unfortunate that neither of them really play that true second Ruckman slash forward role. Kind of like Dean Cox and Nick Nat did a few years ago. Because yeah. if one of them did, I would have no issue with saying put them both in the All-Australian side. But you can't put two pure Rucks in an All-Australian side. No. Because they... Wouldn't play well in a team together, I would suggest. Oh, I don't know. You could have uh, Grundy as a Rock Rover, maybe. <laughs> there you go. I mean, to <laughs> be honest, the box. to be honest, I mean, he's he's not the worst option out there. No, I don't think that's a great no, option at no, all. No, it's, it's. I mean, what you probably would do is have Gorn up in the forward line because he would clunk so many marks. He's and, pretty handy up forward. Yeah. Um, uh, so Taylor Adams with 134, two Again, up and down. It's, I don't know what he's going to do. Where was this when Trelaw first went out? I know. If he if he put together two or three weeks of this, we all would have said, yes, yes, we're all in. But no, he's, he just proved that he was too inconsistent this year. Yep. I don't know what to think going ahead with Taylor Adams, but I just don't want to touch him. Like I wouldn't yep. touch him in salary caps. And next year, I'd be very hesitant because people took him top 10 in a lot of drafts this year. Yeah. And he let a lot of people down. Yep. So he might be available in the 30s, 40s, maybe even later next year. Well, I took him in our startup keeper league with pick 10. You did? Yeah. That was a few years ago, and he looked like an absolute yep. gun back then. For comparison, I took him pick 10 yep. a few years ago. I traded him this year. Yeah, you did. Oh, what did you get for him? It's not important. No. <laughs> no, I actually got an amazing deal. But oh, yeah, I think but you I did. I just yeah. don't want to, like, um, throw barbs at the person yeah. I traded with but the reason that I moved him on was because I was concerned <laughs> about his role in the team yeah it, and it is tough um, uh, you know that will stick with a lot of draft owners as well like their draft players have long memories and mm. Taylor Adams is going to be available quite a fair bit further down the um, yeah. draft table this year but on that note if you think he can bounce back next year and there's every chance he could you could get him you could get him as a bit of a sleeper absolutely uh, Jack Crisp with 105 finally he does something half decent after you know <laughs> almost six weeks of absolutely nothing still not touching him nope just can't do it uh, Tommy Langdon with a 91 was solid uh, Braden Sear after coming back from injury, he's a good scorer. 
he gets the ball. Yeah, yeah he's good and he, he tackles as well, which yeah. is good. Big so, body midfielder. So yeah. interesting one to Couple watch. Couple avenues forward. to get points. Yeah, uh, Tommy Phillips with seventy-five. Not what you're after. I think he's slowing down but towards the end of the year. SCG probably doesn't suit his game. Absolutely doesn't. The MCG suits at Optus Stadium, those bigger sort of stadiums, those wider ones. Yeah, where he so, can run and use his. Um, absolutely. His uh, who else? I mean, Scott Pendlebury wasn't terrific in this game with 72. Sadil Sidebottom. He was one... So, I think he was on single-figure numbers at quarter time yeah. and then had an um, incredible second term mm. and then just did nothing in the last term. Yeah, it's it's not great to see from Steel Sidebottom because he did have a comeback last week and scored particularly well. But yeah. ever since... Um, I think it might have been the Trelaw issue and a lot of people were thinking, you yeah. know, Steel Sidebottom would be another good one to bring in. He just hasn't performed either really from doing a fantasy it. point of view. Yeah. Anyone else you want to talk about from Collingwood, mate? Um, There's no one else there that I can see, so I think we might really push know. on to one of the first slaughters of Sunday, which was GWS versus Carlton. Uh, what else can you say? I mean, GWS spanked him in the end, and there were some huge scores on the but GWS did I end. Did read this correctly, that GWS mm. was playing 16 people on the field in the last quarter and yep. still outscored them? I don't know about the 16, but I definitely know there were 17 and outscored them. Um, wow. Which is bad. Like, yeah. there is no limit to how bad that is. Josh Kelly, 153, gun. Stephen Cornelio, gun. You yep. need both of those players. We've been saying that this whole time. People, I can't believe people tr- almost jumped off Stephen Cornelio. That's, it was... He had a few bad weeks in a row. He, no, like, he had you, a few average weeks in a row. That's, oh, like 90s. High yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah. That's, but having said that, though, you said earlier that you, usually three weeks that you're not happy with mm. is the tipping point. Mm. Considering what he was doing to start the year and to come back to those 90s... Mm, I, I, I guess. Of, I could understand people jumping off I him. think there was two poor games in a row and then there was another bounce back and then there might have been another one poor game and then he's he's mm. come back into some form. Uh, who else we got? Callum Ward with 140s, outstanding. Lockie Whitfield, Aiden, uh, Adam Kennedy uh, were also very solid. Jacob Hopper has put together a very good past three weeks or so. Mm. Um, he is definitely one to watch for next year. Uh, yeah. um, Taranto he Taranto was, was out yes. was, has he been missing the no, previous week? no he's played the previous so two Hopper's weeks so done this even with Taranto inside. yes he has so oh, that's, that, that's very very interesting he's actually playing that sort of big bodied midfielder who's going forward like and playing as a high half forward occasionally mm, cool. so very interesting to see uh, Adam Tomlinson was very good and then it drops off a little bit from there but all in all Take this game with a grain of salt in terms of these scores. Yeah, very one-sided. Because it was stupidly one-sided. Did you watch any of this game? Um, I caught um, the first quarter, maybe. Just for um, uh, people who didn't catch it, uh, Aiden Bonner looked like he had a bit of a fantasy game about him. He's, yeah, uh, he got a little bit of the ball. Yeah, just uh, uh, for keeper leagues next size. year. Don't don't need to pick him up this year, but he will be very cheap in your top-up drafts. Yeah, Good size player. Mm. Gets the ball. Uh, Dawson Simpson unfortunately got injured. I haven't heard anything about how serious that is either because... Oh, was it ankle? It was ankle, yeah. Because yeah. he was looking like, you know, the answer that they sort of needed to be more competitive through the middle. Yep. He was... Ankles on a Ruckman is... Tough. Is yeah, really there's a tough. lot of weight going through those. So, we'll, we'll see how that goes later in the week, but maybe if... Are we back on the lob train? Oh, God. I don't want to go back on the lob they train. They don't really have any other options, do they? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Flynn's not ready yet. No, Flynn's definitely not ready yet. Um, and they also had Brett Delidio injured, Sam Taylor injured, and Toby Green injured. So, those were three more injuries. Jeez, they didn't want that. This no. close to finals. No, so 
I don't think uh, Toby Green has anything to worry about. He's probably going to play this week. Sam Taylor, I'm not 100% sure. And Brett Deledio is probably going to miss because that's what Brett Deledio does, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Was it, was it a cough? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't a cough. It was a... What did Brett Deledio injure? It was... Um, oh, uh, hang it's on. It's not important. It was his left cough. <laughs> it was probably his good cough. <laughs> probably. He doesn't have good coughs, mate. He just has... Less, less horrible calves. Um, Carlton scores. I mean, Crips. we all know who's going to score well from them. It's going to be Cripps and Murphy in most games. Yeah. The downside, obviously, is that Simpson didn't score particularly well. So, ended up on 60. They locked down on Simpson, though. So, yeah. So, he was manned up quite a bit. It was um, the young kid, uh, Brett Daniels, who oh, manned okay, up yep. on and in a really solid defensive role. So... Yeah, f- it's about time someone realised. Yeah. It, yeah. He's that important to them distributing it from half back. So I'm, I'm not really going to talk even too much about the Carlton players, to be honest. There's there's just not many positives to take out of it. And in terms of downsides, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to read long-term into the downsides from this game because at the moment, Carlton, I, I, you just can't get an accurate reflection for how they're no. going to be going out I, forward. I have an upside. All right. Not necessarily a fantasy upside, mm-hmm. but I'll give the fantasy score anyway. Yep. Harry McKay. Three goals, two, Actually, 82 points. I'll give you that. He, he looked, looked good. good. The, what I saw of the game. Mm-hmm. He looked good. He took some good contested marks. Yep. Um, That's all I got. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Harry McKay did look quite good as well, just uh, in terms of the game itself. Uh, the next slaughter of Sunday um, was, uh, I mean, all three games were pretty much like this. Yeah. 143 to 47, the Demons absolutely clobbered the Suns. Uh, and the scores, just like the GWS game, are pretty much, you know, mirror image. So, yeah. you had Clayton Oliver on 154. He is my number one target to bring in if you don't already have him for Andrew I Gaff. would love to have him in my salary cap side. I've got him in my salary cap side as of this moment, now <laughs> that Gaff has gone out injured. so Good for you. I like that. It's a good move. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the number one move. There's Obviously, there's a lot of really great midfielders out there. But so many of them have proven that they're inconsistent and unworthy of a spot almost in the top eight. Like players like Steel Sidebottom. Yep. We all thought would have been a top eight player, but definitely not at the moment. Yep. Um, but yeah, Clayton Oliver. So I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts. The guy that you and everyone else quite like that I just haven't been sold on. Yep. And I'm probably the one that's wrong, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Dane Beams. Would you rather have Dane Beams or Clayton Oliver? No, I, I think we all along said Clayton Oliver because we actually did our... I remember we ranked three players. Uh, one was uh, Clayton Oliver, one was Dane Beams, and I can't quite... I think the other one might have been Jack McRae, actually. Could have been. Of or the Cripps. Three. Might have been Cripps. Or, or it could have been Cripps. And I think that we went with uh, Clayton Oliver as our number one, and we went uh, Dane Beams last because of the injury history. And whoever the other person was, second. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Because when we did our top eight as well, we were asked a question earlier. Uh, Clayton Oliver snuck in as our eighth selection. And that was almost a month ago now. So I'll take your word for it. My memory's not <laughs> going that far. Uh, no, we, we've always been quite high on Clayton Oliver. It's just, I mean, this year he's proven to be a, an uber premium. He's averaging now over 110 for the year. And that's what you want. Yeah, awesome. um, Angus Brayshaw, 143. Everyone's got him. Move on. Yep. Uh, Jesse Hogan, Alec, Max Gorn with 111, uh, Jeffy Gullard 108, James Harms, Christian Salem. Uh, you know, Harms is an interesting one, I think, for drafts next year. Yeah, what was he aver- going into this year? He was averaging 77 as a back. Um, he's been playing a fair bit through the midfield almost this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but again, I take this game with a grain of salt. Oh, absolutely, but yeah. he he has had 
He's had some solid scores. Yeah. Games. Uh, Christian Petrarca, 92. Dom Tyson, 96. Tom McDonald, 97. I can't get a gauge of Dom Tyson's performance realistically because, again, it, it's in an absolute shellacking. So is he yeah. going to hold his spot in the side going forward? Um, I think he will at this point. Yeah. Um, like, is there anyone that's really pushing for nah, his spot at the moment? No, nah, not, not that so. I can think of, but there's there's probably someone that's just escaping us. Uh, Jack, uh, Viney, Jack Viney, when he comes back. He's been ruled out for this He has year. been ruled out for this year, but going into next year for draft leagues, oh, yeah, um, um, he's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on, especially yeah. keeper league owners, because there's a lot of people who bought in quite high on Dom Tyson last year and the year before. Very true. Uh, you know, anyone else there that you really want to ch- chat about? Joel Smith looks like he's going to be out injured for a little while. Broken collarbone. Yeah, so unfortunately. You can pretty much rub the line through him for this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think we might move on to the Suns, to be honest, because again, these sorts of games, you just have to take with a grain of salt sometimes. Yep. Uh, on the Gold Coast side, nobody broke the 100, so they didn't. Yeah. Have, they don't really have those like that Crips or that Mark Murphy in their side who... Even though the team performs poorly, Just they do well. Themselves. You know, uh, it maybe uh, Wits would do that another week when he's not playing Max Gorn. Yeah, uh, it's a big job giving Wits the captaincy against Max Gorn. Yeah, tough. I mean, realistically, he beat him he, in the hitouts, forty to thirty. So yeah. he's done all that he can do. Um, yeah. it's just Max Gorn the Demons had more of the ball so Max Gorn is going to rack it up around the ground a lot more yeah. uh, in terms of some of the players you know Tuke Miller was very solid and has been solid this year mm-hmm. um, it's depressing for oh, it's just a real downside for fantasy owners that he is just a midfielder so yeah. if he still had forward status he would be very very handy because <laughs> I, I don't see his ceiling going super high in the future um yeah, because he's he's playing almost yeah. half the time. He's playing lockdown roles, like more defensive midfield roles. Maybe not as a pure tagger, but yeah, I just wonder whether he might eventually sort of um, graduate it, from that to playing just pure midfield. I would hope so because he has the ability to find the ball, and he did that last year or the year before. Actually, yeah, but at this stage, I'm probably agreeing with you. I think mm. uh, one player that does have a high ceiling, we're pretty big on, is Braden Fiorini. Again, he's not finding the ball at the moment because, uh, you know, Gold Coast aren't finding the ball. They're just such a woeful team. But with only 15 disposals, he's ended up with 92 points and 10 tackles in there. So he's in and around the ball. He did the same thing last week where he finished with 88 from only like 11 disposals, but he's Mm. tackling. So he's definitely one to watch going forward. Uh, Some of the other players like Pierce Hanley came back in this week only for a 67. There's just not, not much... Positive to take from this. I mean, game. They came into it. They they pretty much ran into a roadblock with Melbourne. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there's. Let me just say this. There's no Gold Coast players whatsoever that I would actively want in my salary cap side. Like just none whatsoever. Yep. And from draft leagues, there's very select few. Like, yeah. A very select few. You'll find in your waiver list that there's a lot of Gold Coast players in there. Yeah. And sometimes you're having to stream like game to game players like a Jesse Lonigan now that he's had a couple of half decent scores. He's Lonigan or... back in the team. He is, yeah. He's had See, some, I hadn't even noticed. Had some scores in the high seventies and high sixties the past couple of weeks. So um, interesting. The journeyman. Yeah, I think we might move on to the last sort of shellacking of the round, <laughs> shall we? Which was the, um, the sort of part two of the demolition derby. To be honest, I mean. I don't like describing it as that because uh, the incident that happened, we all know about it now. It's, uh, Should we just get that out of the way first? Yeah, let's get let's get that out of the way before we get to it. So, um, 
I mean, we've all seen the vision. We've all seen the uh, yeah. the footage. What What are your thoughts on on what happened yesterday? Um, oh, not a good look. No, not I mean, you're look. a Fremantle fan. I'm a West Coast fan. Yeah, we, we have not happy um, with what happened. Mm. I think some of the uh, the conversation around it today has been a bit overkill, though. There's a lot of vitriol going around the place, like just a lot yeah. of like blind hatred. Yep. And yep. Which, which is it always comes out in the media when something like this happens. Um, we actually had a little discussion before the podcast yeah. started where we sat down and sort of uh, stated sort of where we sat on yep. the issue. Yep. And surprisingly, because like I mentioned, you're a Fremantle fan, I'm a West Coast fan, yep. we pretty much sat in the same spot. Like, yep. I, I kind of thought, if oh, anything, you were a bit harsher on him than I was. In yeah, terms I, of, in um, terms of what suspension. we thought he was going to get, I, I said um, he would probably get eight, maybe which would go down to seven weeks with a, a good record. Yeah. Uh, and you suggested six, six with the precedent from Tom Bug. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I came around a little bit to your, your side of the argument. The Obviously, the big thing for me was uh, you cannot defend the act whatsoever. The act was completely just... Yep. Yep. He was looking at him. Yep. He swung a fist. Swung, swung a closed fist. Yeah. Can't um, do that on the footy field. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. And off you the can't board. defend that. Horrible. Um, the only thing you can say to um, uh, to the man who threw the fist is simply the fact that for me, uh, and for a lot of people out there, um, I believe that he's thrown the fist and thrown the arm in order to move him out of the way, to collect him in the shoulder or the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, that argument doesn't matter because the, the fact is that he's actually hit him in the, the jaw. Yep. So Broken that argument, jaw, goes, yeah, that argument goes out the window um, with what's actually happened. But you can't you can't say that you know he's a he's a thug he's a he's a horrible it's, human it's being a one off event in an eight year career that ha- is absolutely impeccable in terms of his yep. record and you could see how distraught he was mm. afterwards and the, you know they're friends as well I I guarantee you that you know he did not intend to punch Andrew Brayshaw in the face but that's happened. happened cop your consequences yep. we move on yep. from this own it yeah take Apo- your time abso- apologize. You know, apologize to the family as well, to the the Fremantle Footy Club, and I, I guarantee the Fremantle Footy Club will be suing in terms of, um, you know, time lost and that sort of thing for Andrew Brayshaw and, oh, okay. and getting. I, I, I didn't consider that side of it. I, I guarantee that he'll be getting a payout. You know, on that side, the Frio will be, and you know, all those sort of litig- litigations aside, just all we got to do is think about you know Andrew Brayshaw at this point. Yeah. Um, cool. So Have we'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on from that, Sweet. shall we? I think we both stated our cases there. Um, or not even our case, it's just our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on the Eagles side of the ledger, another stunning game from Jack Redden. He is, mm. I mean, he is looking so good in this last end of, end of the season. Is he another one? I mean, obviously, if you've already got Clayton Oliver. Yep. You're talking salary cap here? Talking salary cap. Mm. Is he someone that you would consider bringing in for Gaff? Because he's not going to Ooh. cop any tags. It's going to be Luke Shuey. There's going to be extra responsibility and they're going to want to get the ball more into Redden's hands. It's definitely a point of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's probably other guys that I would prefer to have. Look, it, again, it depends where you're coming into in your finals matchups. Yeah. If you are, you know, the uh, the top seed, I wouldn't be bringing him in as like a point of difference. But if you're the underdog coming into one of your matchups, I don't mind the idea because he could go massive. Yeah, I mean, like, um, what are we looking at? Maddie Crouch is exactly the same price and is 
owned by 10% of teams. Yeah. I'd true. rather go Manny but Crouch. Here's the thing for me. When you say he's owned by 10% of teams, a lot of teams out there are ghost ships floating around that have mm. given up, and a lot of them have given yeah, up since true. around about midway. Mm. So I, I, sometimes towards this finals end of the season, I don't like looking at the um, uh, percentage ownerships. Because, yeah, no, that's cool. I can yeah. understand that. However, like you say, I would obviously prefer Crouch over Redden, 100%. Yep. But, you know, if you have players like Crouch... Like, if you have Steel Sidebottom in your side, Andrew Gaff players like that, that need, sort of need to go at the moment. Mm. Uh, obviously, Andrew Gaff definitely <laughs> needs to go. Um, but, you know, players like that, Jack Redden could be a very interesting inclusion if you already own guys like um, uh, uh, Clayton Oliver, Matt Crouch, those yep. sorts of people. Uh, what about this? Dane Beams or Redden? Ooh. Interesting, right? That one is... If you're deciding between just those two. That's a good question. I'm actually yeah. not sure. That, that's, um, that, that, for me, will probably come down to their run home. True. Um, I know, I know. obviously, West Coast have Port next week. They have Melbourne the week after. And then they've got Brisbane. Port are... Uh, you can actually get quite good scores against Port, particularly yep. down at um, Adelaide Oval. Have the Lions do have Collingwood next week. Yep. And then they have the Suns the week after. And then West Coast. And then West, and West Coast. Coast is tricky to score against. So your grand final matchup could decide who you bring out of, out of Beams and uh, On the other hand, you've got to get to the grand final. Uh, true, you do have to get to the so grand final. I'm going it's, Beams. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm yeah, going Beams. Tough one. Because uh, remember, Beams will cop the Hutchings tag in the last round. So yep. you might have to be prepared to get rid of him. That's uh, cool. I just want to get there first. True. Uh, Brad Shepard, 115, was uh, was very solid this week. Elliot Yo, proving we need him in our defences. Andrew Gaff, at least for fantasy coaches, he hasn't had a, a shocking game and gone ridiculously low yeah. in price. Yep. Um, so got the job done. all things aside, he's got his. You've got money behind you there. You can pretty much bring in whoever you want. Um, maybe even Jack McRae, someone like that would be a good option. Uh, yep. Scotty Lysett, Jamie Cripps, uh, Hutchings, uh, all had good games and solid ones from Shuey and Darling. Shuey was actually tagged pretty much by Gray for most of the game since after mm-hmm. the second quarter. So did pretty well to end up with a 90. But That's he'll, a good outcome for him, yeah. But he'll be copying all the tags from now on. Now that Gaff's Absolutely, out of the side, yeah. he will be copying the tags. So tough one. Uh, who else... Not really too many. Shannon Hearn was down on his usual output with a 65. That's been his career output pretty much. Yeah, up until this year, yeah. But, uh, but this year, yeah, that's a lot further down on what we would hope. Yeah, and that's pretty much it really, isn't it? Yeah, I think we might move on to the Dockers side of the ledger. So we've got uh, David Mundy and Brad Hill were the only two to break the uh, the ton. Yep. Uh, David Mundy's been back-to-back really good games. Really yeah. good. Big 120 last week. He's had a pretty good year, actually. Yeah, he's had a solid one, hasn't he? Um, he's averaging just under 90 for the year. Yeah. So I seem to remember a lot of games where he's been one of Frio's better performers. He has done very, very well, but he's, he's not getting any younger, unfortunately. So going yep. into next year, I, I don't know where that would place him in draft leagues. Uh, Lockie Neal was tagged by Hutchings for most of the game, but still you know, got enough handballs to get him up to 94, as he does. I'm actually impressed. Only 26 touches yeah. for his 94. Yeah, well, he had the five tackles as well and two... Uh, six tackles, sorry, um, and Three a goal, marks. which helps. Yep. Um, Michael Walters was more solid with an 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough to put him in contention, though. Uh, and then, again, it drops off from there. So Luke Ryan's had a poor back end of the year. We know oh, what he's, he's done. Been really... He's averaging 80 on the year, basically. That's and because he has... Because he had an amazing start of the year. Not even an amazing start. He had an amazing month or so where he was going 120. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? I remember that. He suffered us all in. Um, 
And uh, again, I don't want to harp on this issue. Andrew Brayshaw was looking like getting a rising star nom as well because he was looking fantastic in the first, you know, two and a half quarters of this game. Um, Some of the other players, Ed Langdon, just down game from him. To be honest, again, it's another one of those games where there's it's such a poor performance by Frio as a whole. Yeah. You've got to take these scores with a grain of salt. And Langdon is an outside guy, so mm-hmm. just talking about him particularly, yeah. so he kind of needs someone else to get him the ball. Just like some of the other youngsters, like Adam Chera with only 20 points in this game, uh, Bailey Banfield, 29, Crowden with 29. Yeah. You know, Those guys aren't going to score particularly well when the entirety of the team is essentially struggling. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from Frio? Uh, no, that's probably about it, really. No, so what we're going to do now is uh, that's the last game of the round. We're actually going to jump straight this week into our Risk It for the Biscuit picks. Now, uh, I'm sure you're all aware out there of the rules of Risk It for the Biscuit by now, but just for those of you who might be new to the podcast, this is the game where, and it's especially important at this time of the year in coming up to Draft League Finals, where you know if you've got a matchup and you have a donut sitting on your bench... Or maybe you've got an injured player, you're coming up against someone who's much higher rated than you and you need someone special to stand up for just one week in particular. These are the guys that we think you should go out into your waiver list and pick up. So the uh, the rules behind the game, they have to be under 50% owned uh, on ultimate footy waiver lists. Uh, and that's basically it because it's a bit of a free-for-all at this end of the yeah, season. And we, <laughs> we're we scraping the bottom of the barrel here, oh, guys. This was a tough week as well. But we think we've found you some gems here. So Fingers crossed. What right. we're going to do is we're going to jump straight in. I, Should we just do the roundup quickly? Yes. Because the, I wasn't here last week, so you probably didn't do the scores from the week before. No, I did not. All no. right, so two weeks ago... I had um, Aaron Young and Rowan Marshall. Yes. Both fails. Uh-huh. You had Alir Alir and Marchbank. Marchbank, from memory, was He a got one score. point. Yep. Um, this week, uh, I had Adam Kennedy. Yep. Who, who I'm going to ask for two points for. Yes, you will, get, you will get two points. And Magic Door. Magic Door, who... Close, but not close, quite. Close, but no cigar. Um, uh, you had Jack Loney. Jack Loney. I'll give you two points for him. Yep. With his... Um, with his 99. 99, yep. And Riley Knight, who only got 50-something. Yeah. So nothing for him. A bit unfortunate there. So, I believe the roundup is 13 to 12, if I can uh, peer over your ledger. You is can. that the score? 13 to me, 12 to you. Whew, we're getting close to the end of the season, so yep. <laughs> it's still a nail-biter. We... No one ever draws away to a massive lead at this game, do they? I think I was like three in front at one point, and then you've pulled it back. Oh, getting it back slowly, mate. All right, so I think it's my week to choose first this week. I think I gave you the uh, the first pick last week. It was my pick last week, so you didn't give me anything. That's true. All right, so my first pick this week is a forward, 37% owned from Carlton, Matty Wright. So yep. this is my uh, this is my first pick. The reason behind it is I know Matty Wright's a bit up and down, but he is a goal scorer. And mm-hmm. even in Carlton's poor run that they're, they've been on for the past, well, season. I mean, but in particular, the past few weeks where they've just been woeful. He's gone 88, 65, and 90 in the last three. That's pretty good. He's coming up against Frio this week at Optus Stadium, which has a little bit more space. And maybe, just maybe... This could be the week that he scores particularly well again. I mean, you'd be really happy even if he got somewhere like an 85 or an 80. Yeah, I mean... He'd be super happy. He tends to be a bit hit and miss, but he he never stops trying, Mm -hmm. keeps working, and when he's on, he can put up some pretty decent scores. So, So on the back of his last few scores and the fact that he's playing Fremantle this week, who are an easy team to score against, Mm -hmm. I'm bringing in Matty Wright. Fair enough, I like it. 
Um, my first one, and I really struggled. <laughs> yeah, you you came in sweating and just yeah. I I did mine in like five minutes immediately before Jeez, I came. Jesus! Um, <laughs> but there was literally no established place that I really liked the look of. Yep. So I've gone all in on the rookies and recent returners this week. Ooh, so I like it. Interesting. My first one, I'm getting on the Alex Johnson train. Okay, yeah, Alex Johnson, he had a really good game yeah. back, didn't Sydney, he? Sydney uh, defender, 16% owned, his first game back in six years, and he had 89 versus the Pies. Mm-hmm. This week he's got Melbourne at the MCG, yep. um, and I think the ball will be in their defence a lot. I agree. Um, and before he got injured years ago, he was one of the best small defenders in the competition. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Alex Johnson, sort of that mid size and he? yeah. he's a bit taller than a small I, I can't no, quite remember he's, he's been out so long that yeah, <laughs> I've actually forgotten I guess my point is he was really really good they liked using him mm-hmm. um, I don't think with his injury history they're going to immediately turn him into a lockdown guy yeah I think they'll sort of let him get the feel for the game a little bit again so he might get a bit of ball and you tend to find that when Sydney play away from the SCG they do kick it around in their back line a fair bit that's where Lloyd gets most of his points and, yep. and those sorts of things he doesn't score quite as well as the at the SCG so yeah. I think that a few plus sixes could be coming Alex Johnson's way I 100% agree uh, my next player is one of <laughs> It hurts me saying this a little bit, actually. Um, and there is very little reasoning for this apart from a matchup base. Yep. Um, uh, he's one of your old boys. Um, old boys. Your old boys. You are, you, he was a boy of yours, and you've fall, I think you've fallen off the wagon. Or fallen on the wagon. I can't remember which one it is. 47% owned from the Kangaroos. Mason Wood. Oh, Mason. Mason, Mason, Mason. <laughs> You've been hoping he comes good for so long now. and I'm just still hoping. I'm just not confident enough to actually have him in my team anymore. Now, the reason I say this is completely matchup based is because he hasn't had a great couple of weeks since coming back from injury. He's had a 40 no. in there and a 60, basically. Yeah, it's not great. So there's no form to come off. But form turns around quickly. And you've sort of, you have to guess when that's going to happen. Yeah. And up against the Bulldogs this week, with their oh, yeah. undermanned defense and the fact that Brown will be pretty much getting all of the attention. Yep, I think that Ma- I think that Mason Wood will have a good game this week under lights as well at Eddie Had Stadium. So there'll yeah. be there'll be no wind, there'll be no rain, nothing yep. like that. So I think he'll take a few clunks, a few marks, oh, a few goals as well. He'll get just enough to tantalise us once again. Yeah, and I think so. This is the week to jump on. Like I, again, okay. you you probably have to get rid of him immediately after. <laughs> but if you need someone for this so week, one week stream, not a problem at all. Alrighty. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that one either. <laughs> we'll see how he goes. Um, I am going to go for my second one. Yep. Uh, GWS Centre in Aiden Bonner. Yeah, there you go. Yep. We, we talked about him earlier. 20% owned. He debuted for 85 versus Carlton. Mm-hmm. He's got Adelaide this week, which isn't a great matchup. Um, but I really just didn't have any better options. So no, like, He's a strong-bodied competitor, though. The worry for me is... They will make some changes because Taranto and a couple of others, I think, were rested, but they had injuries in this game. So Taranto yeah. probably comes in for Deledio. Yeah. Um, those couple of other guys might replace people like Sam Taylor or um, you know, hopefully Toby Green plays, but if he doesn't, Toby Fingers Green. Yeah. Um, so I think the lucky part for Bonner is that they did cop a few injuries and yeah, yeah he was good in this game. So it'll be interesting yeah. to watch going Fingers ahead. Fingers crossed. Yeah. This, that was more just like a... Uh, That's a hail mary pass. That's much, if yeah. you if you really are coming up against it and you're a massive underdog 
Aiden Bonner could be your ticket to glory, or he could just be a horrible burning. Uh, to be Hindenburg. honest, I'd go with Mason Wood over Bonner. <laughs> yeah, so would I. <laughs> so. And that will do us for another week on the Extended Bench Podcast. So until next week, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully, you guys get through your second week of finals unscathed. Yeah, that's the first one. But uh, yeah, hopefully, you have a fantastic matchup this week. Get through with flying colours. Make it to the prelim finals of your your leagues. And we'll catch you again this time next week for the next edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. We'll see you later.